Hello, and welcome to Fusion News, brought to you by the Fusion Industry Association. My name is Jeff Peachman, and I'm a graduate student at the University of Washington studying Fusion Plasma. I'm bringing you today's news for October 18th, 2023. Today's stories are, one, laser fusion experiment squeezes out even more energy. Two, fueling the future of fusion energy. Three, pivotal discovery signals a huge leap forward in fusion energy reactor progress. And four, jet experiments to test electronics in fusion environments. After that, stick around because I have a lot of bonus stories at the end. One, laser fusion experiment squeezes out even more energy. Earlier this year, we reported that the National Ignition Facility, or NIF, achieved scientific breakeven for the first time in history. Since then, they've gotten even better at it. Before we dig in, let's take a step back to review what that all means. So scientific breakeven means that we draw a box around the plasma, then we measure how many joules of energy go in and how many come out. If we produced as much energy as we put into the box, we break even. I want to stress that scientific breakeven is different than engineering breakeven, which is where we draw a box around the wall plug. Everyone wants to achieve engineering breakeven, but scientific breakeven is a necessary first step, and more on that later. Back in December, NIF achieved a gain of 1.5, so they got 1.5 times more out than they put in. Since then, they've surpassed that record with a gain of 1.9. So how did they do that? Well, NIF builds very tiny targets of frozen fusion fuel, then hits it from all directions with an array of lasers. To get that right, the target needs to be perfect. The tiniest imperfection can cause the implosion to be asymmetric, which leads to a dud. So NIF got better at making targets, and then they got better at cherry-picking cherry those targets to get only the very best at them. Beyond those process improvements, they optimize the design of the targets. So these targets have a golden shell with tiny laser entrance holes and a frozen fuel pellet inside that capsule. They want more laser energy to be absorbed by the fuel, so they made the laser entry holes bigger, and they made the frozen fuel pellet bigger, and they also found that they can thicken the walls of the capsule, and all of these things help a lot. Finally, they've been improving the performance of the lasers, so they get more power on each shot. NIF used these lasers all the way back from the 1990s, and they're really inefficient, but also very powerful. Some journalists have criticized NIF due to the huge power draw of these lasers, but their criticism misses that NIF was never intended to be a power plant. They're not trying to achieve engineering breakeven, but they're getting the science, which paves the way for future experiments to do so with more efficient lasers. Two, fueling the future of fusion energy. This story comes from Jefferson Lab, which is a national laboratory in Virginia. They're trying something very interesting called spin-polarized fusion. Particles inherently have spin, and we can spin-polarize a material by causing most of the particles in that material to all spin in the same direction. So in theory, if you spin-polarize deuterium, you have a much higher chance of actually fusing. Some simulations have predicted a 75% improvement in the fusion yield if you can spin-polarize the fuels. But of course, there's a catch. To spin-polarize the fuel, it needs to be cooled to absolute zero, which doesn't sound 
great because fusion happens at really, really high temperatures, not at absolute zero. Will it stay polarized if it gets hot? And if so, how long will it stay polarized? We don't know. Some people think that polarization might last 10 seconds, uh, but we need to test that. One idea is to hit these targets with an array of lasers like they do at NIF so that it's fused very, very quickly. The researchers at Jefferson Lab are also interested in magnetic confinement. So they plan to make frozen pellets of lithium deuteride, polarize the pellets, and then shoot them off into tokamak. The process of spin polarizing the fuel isn't trivial, it's actually quite difficult. So lithium deuteride normally can't be polarized, and they found that they can, they can pull it off if they can irradiate the pellets with a weak electron beam to make a paramagnetic center. And that paramagnetic center is like the magnetic feed that can be used to polarize the left the rest of the pellet. And so they call this dosing the pellets. So their plan is to dose the pellets, energize them with a magnetic field to polarize them, and to keep them frozen at near absolute zero. And then just before injection, they'll keep the magnetic field on them and then shoot it off into the tokamak. It's too early to say if the technology will be commercially viable, but it sure is really interesting. And I suspect we'll learn a lot from these experiments. Three. Pivotal discovery signals a huge leap forward in fusion energy reactor progress. So this story is about plasma waves. And if you ever go to graduate school to study plasma, you'll learn to really like plasma waves. So we're all familiar with waves that travel through the air, such as light and sound. But in plasmas, we see a huge variety of waves that you've never heard of. And there's way more types of waves in plasma than there is in the air. One of these waves is called the Alpvane wave. So to describe it, First imagine plucking a guitar string. Now imagine that this guitar string is actually a magnetic field line. If you could pluck that magnetic field line like a guitar string, then you'd make an Alvane wave. Plasmas love to go unstable. And when that happens, we call it a disruption. In a tokamak, disruptions can cause runaway electrons. So these are very fast electrons in the plasma that don't like to collide with other stuff because faster particles are less likely to hit things. They see strong electric fields, but since they're not hitting anything, they accelerate to even faster and faster speeds. And when they finally do hit something, they create more runaways. So if you keep repeating that process, you just get an avalanche of runaway electrons. It's been predicted that very large tokamaks like Eater might be damaged because a huge number of runaways would hit the wall. So here's the new discovery. Plasma theorists at the Preston Plasma Physics Laboratory found that alpha vein waves can scatter those electrons before they grow into a big avalanche. In fact, they discovered a life cycle. So under the right conditions, the runaways can cause new disruptions. The new disruptions create alpha vein waves and the alpha vein waves scatter the runaways. This means that we might be able to design tokamaks which have just the right conditions to cause this effect to take care of the problem for us. The theoretical work is quite complex, but the model shows agreement with experiments at the D3D tokamak, and it's been simulated on supercomputers at Oak Ridge National Laboratory. And four, jet experiments to test electronics in fusion environment. Our last story is a press release from the UK Atomic Energy Authority. The joint European Taurus, called JET, is being used for a very special set of experiments. The tokamak is using tritium as fuel for just the third time in its 40-year history. 
While we plan to fuse tritium and deuterium to make energy, most experiments today just use deuterium because it's a lot cheaper. Tritium is expensive and will stay expensive until it can be created in bulk by fusion power plants. Before the tritium campaign is over, JET will be used to study how neutrons from deuterium and tritium reactions can impact electronics. This work is really important because the reaction releases very fast neutrons with higher energy than a fission reaction. When these neutrons hit processors or memory or other microelectronics, they cause malfunctions. So this work will help designers determine how much shielding we need on our computers and on our sensors that are on fusion power plants. And as you might expect, that data is very interesting to lots of people, such as people in the space industry who routinely deal with radiation effects on avionics. And finally, as I promised, I have a ton of bonus stories for you. So first, Shine Technologies raised 70 million in Wisconsin's largest deal of the year so far. Shine's business plan is to start with applications that can be profitable as soon as possible, such as making medical isotopes. Shine is building a production facility to make the isotope Lutetium-177, which is used to kill cancer cells. Second is a story called Tokamak Energy's upgrades bring us closer to clean energy. Tokamak Energy added a diverter to their fusion device ST40 and enhanced their plasma control system. I've covered diverters on this channel before, but to recap, a diverter captures the plasma exhaust so that we can keep the plasma pure to get more fusion reaction. Tokamak Energy is presenting their results at the Fusion Energy Conference this week. And that happens to be bonus story number three. The Fusion Energy Conference is happening right now in London. Uh, the FIA and several commercial fusion companies will be presenting there. It actually started on Monday, but it's not too late to make it if you still want to go. And bonus number four. The Journal of Fusion Energy released a special issue on the emergence of private fusion enterprises. This edition contains great insights into the work we have ahead of us to start making energy and to make money while doing it. And finally, General Fusion and Kyoto Fusioneering sign a memorandum of understanding to accelerate the commercialization of magnetized target fusion. So both of these companies are FIA member companies, and they're working together on what's called the balance of plant. And the balance of plant is all of the systems required to make electricity, excluding the core itself. Like these systems are things like the tritium fuel cycle, the liquid metal blanket, the heat engines that convert heat into power. This work is super important because it takes more than just plasma confinement to produce cheap green energy. And I'm excited that General Fusion and Kyoto Fusioneering are working on it. That's all the fusion news for this week. So once again, I'm Jeff Peachman, and thanks for joining me. If you found this informative, you should subscribe. Check out the description for all the links from the video.